to Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Roostrack. I'm here with my special guest, Roland Page. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad to be here, ML. Now, you have a wonderful book, very tantalizing. It's called Eating the Forbidding, Forbidding Fruit. What is that about? Uh, basically, you know, it's a journey, a past journey into my life. Uh, from childhood all the way to adulthood, uh, it starts off in the courtroom when I used to be a, a police officer and I was convicted of federal crimes, and that's because of my affiliation to my childhood friends, and it came back to haunt me. Just to go show you the sacrifices that law enforcement has to make, uh, regardless of friends or family, you know, People who are in uh, unsavory activity, you know, you got to cut them off. Right. I did. Yeah. I mean, we all know someone. It doesn't have. It can be a childhood friend, a family member, a friend of a friend that's in unsavory stuff. We all do, ML. We all do, and uh, that's why you know, is I harbor no hard feelings. To, to law enforcement, actually, I, I got a great respect for law enforcement. Uh, it just wasn't for me, though. You know, I do believe, ML, everything happens for a reason. That career was just a job to me. Not that I didn't do a good job. It's just just certain things when it came to uh, um, the ethical part that, you know, um, the, the, career, the career didn't coincide with my life. Right. Well, it's not for everyone, and some people see it as a job, some people see it as a career, some people see it as an opportunity. Every That can be said about any job that we have or any job that we create. We that, all have cool. our own preferences, and some things coincide with our personal beliefs, our personal backgrounds better than others. It's just finding what we're meant to do. That's but true. without that, without your experience in law enforcement, what do we have your book out today? Yeah, I just got released today. I'm so honored. You know what, ML, I don't like like what you were just touching on. Uh, right now, I don't consider myself an author. I don't feel as of yet. I feel that I got to earn that title. We'll see how this book goes. Uh, uh, you know, I, I even, I started writing Really, it wasn't for the fame. It's not because I just thought, like, hey, let me write a book. Mm-hmm. I have lupus, and I battle depression. Mm-hmm. I have PTSD. And these past few years has been, have been quite traumatic for me. I lost my mother. Um, I live here in St. Louis, but I have no family in the United States. All my family are from overseas, and, uh, um, um, you know. I've just had my immediate family. I'm married with, with, with kids. You know, my mother and father, they're gone. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've spiraled into a deep depression. Uh, so, you know, my family said, you know, Pops, you, you, you got to get out that slump. So being an artist, I'm a former tattoo artist, you know, they said, why don't you find an avenue to occupy your time? And I started writing. And that's how I came up with eating the forbidden fruit. 
Well, okay, there's a lot of authors out there that battle from depression. This is I don't know if you know the statistics, but most artists, doesn't matter if you're working with artwork, writing, mu- music, we all have some type of depression or mental handicap. Um, I won't say as a disability, but there's something there that drives our creative mind that someone without, say, depression wouldn't be able to get to. It's just something there. It is. And, and, you know, I'm so glad you touched on that, because, now, you know, artists, it's, it's like a curse and a blessing. Because, you know, we have a sixth sense to see things like people who uh, uh, who can't see things normally. You know, uh, uh, I've always considered myself an urban artist, being a tattoo artist, a former graffiti artist. Mm-hmm. Once I got diagnosed with lupus, I lost my motor skills in my hands. And... Um, uh, I started doing other things uh, with the business world, but with the tragedies that happened, as I previously said, you know, just things kind of drove me into a slump. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, with that being said, that, you know, that's what the book is all about, ML. It's like we all fall from grace at one time or another, sometimes more than once, and it's how we get up and rebound, uh, you know, that defines us as human beings, strong individuals. Exactly. Our struggles, without those struggles, do not lead us to the path that we're meant to be on. If we just find our path without the struggles, we don't appreciate what we have. Exactly. You know what I love about my book, ML, is it's just not like your regular, if you if you watch your your TV programs like your Chicago PD. It's not just about crying, you know, shoot them up, bang, bang. It's more behind the badge, the sins that happen behind the badge, the, the temptation. Like if you read my book, it's like you're actually putting on that uniform with me and, you know, it gets into personal thoughts, uh, uh, certain views. Uh, you hear conversations where I p- pull over individuals who live in the inner city who's plagued with crimes and, and their point of view. So, And then it, it also tells the story of some officers and how uh, uh, they feel like I want to go home to my kids every night. You know, that's my main priority, to, mm-hmm. to take my uniform off and go to my family. So right. it, it really give a, a, a open perspective about both, the community and police. And here in St. Louis, ML, you know, with the Mike Brown situation, it's, it's like a powder keg here. Oh, yeah. Everything's ready to explode at any given yeah. time. Yes. So, you know, I, I my case happened in 96 and before the, the uh, brink of the platform social media. So, you know, I experienced things long ago. The things that's happening now, ML, you know, I, I've seen long ago. It's just, you know, social media wasn't mm-hmm. back then. Right. Yeah, social media has come a long way to advocate for those who need it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a fan, and, you know, I got mixed feelings about social media. And, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's a it's great a necessi- platform. It's a necessary yeah. evil. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. 
Yeah, we all have mixed feelings about it. We, if it's used correctly, it's a great way to advocate and exchange information. But at the same time, there's so many people that use it incorrectly, and you get false information. Right, right. So, so my book went on sale today, and uh, I've been getting great feedback. You know, um, I, I, I would just like to say to my readers that, you know, I'm not, I'm not an academic. Uh, I've been getting feedback and, you know, uh, suggestions from people and, and whatnot, and I do appreciate that. I love constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but in my book, I tried to bring the reader into my world, you right. know. So with the slang, even with the slang, I put visuals. I put visuals, uh, rather you see me in in military uniform. I got pictures from Japan because that's where my mother's from. And uh, um, I just share, I really, it's real transparent. I really give the reader an open look of, of my soul. Well, that's the best thing you can do is give the reader a little bit of everything that you're a part of. It's not just enough to write the book. It's a part of you. So you want the reader to be part of you and your story. Very. It's very true. And uh, I think I'm successful in doing that, you know, even with the slang. It's terminology that police officers use. It's terminology at different areas. You know, I mean, I don't care. I'm prior military, wherever you're from, i I've lived in Dalton, Alabama to New York City, and it's just it's different slang. But, like, wherever I went, I explained to the reader, you know, I don't leave them in limbo, I, you know. Right. I mean, I have a lot of family that's either military and or law enforcement. So I understand the world of both. I've never exactly. been in both, but I've understand the world as right. an outsider looking at. Exactly. Well, you know, you know, to what I, I noticed, I mean, like just me working for St. Louis City Police Department, uh, law enforcement, period, loves military personnel, retired military personnel. So, like, it's, it's, it, they coincide. It, you know, uh, as far as the police department, it's not as strict, but What's different from your civilian uh, positions are that still the police department has ethical rules and regulations that you got to mm-hmm. abide by, and that's that was my downfall because I actually, you know, uh, um, the nightmare of the book was, can you imagine, ML, you know, one day you're, you're a detective and you're booking somebody in in the noon, and that evening – the feds are booking you in and flying you off because, you know, most law enforcement, when when they're arrested, they can't be housed in their state right. because they got pending cases. So they have to fly them out, you know, with no conversation to your family, like bye or whatever. Look, I'm going here. That's the reality of it. And I had two things in my life, you know, that I've always been frightened of as a kid to like being drowned and eaten by a shark at the same time. To me, that is the most horrible thing, death. 
and as a police officer to be uh, wear that badge, and then the very next day you're behind bars, you know. And, you know, I don't want pe- people, I don't want to give the plot away, but if people read the book, they'll understand the crime of, of uh, I was guilty, no doubt. I was, I was guilty, but you'll understand how things transpired and, like, wow, that can really happen, you know. Mm-hmm. But I have... I applaud you for owning up that you were guilty, not say, oh, I was innocent and I was afraid. I hear people, I've had authors come on here and go, okay, were you or weren't you? And I'm like, as as an outsider looking in, I'm one of these, if you do something, you own up to it, good or bad. Exactly. That's, that's me. That's integrity. Exactly. I, I believe that, and I have I have followed that path coming from a, a military background, you know, as a, as a person. Just own up and let the people around you judge whether they want to forgive you, but at least they can respect you. Even right. in the political, like the opposition of people, you know, I, I understand where people come from, you know. When, when it comes to, like, the political, I, I, I'm not going to get into that, but I understand both sides. I do, Because too. I'm open-minded like that. you got to be open-minded like that to, to understand it. Because when it all boils down, you know, I mean, we're all Americans, so I understand everybody's um, concern. Exactly. There isn't just one side to anything. There's two sides and a middle. Right. And somewhere right. in the middle is the truth. There you go. There you so, go. Sometimes we actually find the middle ground and find that truth, but more often than not, we take one side or the other. Yeah, that's that's why I really took accountability because, you know, during my case, I could have brought down a lot of good people, people who actually cared about me, tried to help me out, regardless how they got their finances, that wasn't my concern, and nor did they try to drag me into that. But, you know, I did have knowledge of, of, of certain things. And with that being said, when you take that oath, ML, you know, it's as a law enforcement, it's, up to your, it's your obligation, your duty to act on any criminal activity. I don't right. care if it's, you, let, you know, I don't care if it's brother, sister, whatever, and uh, it's just so many elements in, in my case that why I didn't, why did I make the decision I did. And, and when the reader, uh, it's really a different true crime story. But then again, too, it's also a true romance because you, you, you'll meet my wife where I met my wife. I've been married for 33 years, ML, and I met Aww. my wife in grade school. And you you would take that journey when I first met her, how humorous it was that because you know back then i'm a 60 baby so you know i didn't like girls back then in the 70s you know we threw rocks at girls back then not oh. literally you know we we you not not yeah well, i know I what you mean you, say, but, but you, you know, pull the hair you poke you make exactly. fun it yeah. was like yuck yuck you know but deep down you know i said hey she she's cute but that's as far as it goes because, you know, I really don't like girls and I don't like the thought of kissing a girl. But but I knew my wife just, uh, when I just moved to St. Louis, when my father uh, 
I didn't say moved because I was a child, but my father uh, retired from the military and decided to plant his roots here in St. Louis. Oh. Scott Air Force Base. So you're a military brat as well. Brat <laughs> so as, as a member also, a prior member of the Army, yeah. Yep. Well, it makes sense for, okay, it makes sense when brats go in the military. Yeah. I, unfortunately, was not qualified to go into the military due to health concerns. Right. So, right. Well, that came up later, and that's the reason I got out. That's the reason I got out, but. Um, See, mine started when I was 18, so I was already disqualified at 18 from doing anything military. Right. So I couldn't follow in my family footprints. You, you know what I've learned? Though? My my father is 38 years, fought three wars, and hated that I joined our military. And mm-hmm. I kid you not. Yeah. He he was he was totally opposed to it. He said like. Uh, you know, I my my father was born 1914. So, um, you know, he went in the military at age 15 back then, uh, WW2. Yeah. And he hated, he said it's, it was different for him back then. He said it's so many other opportunities that I could take advantage of rather than just go in the military. But he loved the military. He just said, for well, my child. I'd rather you pursue something different to enjoy that before you just obligate yourself to the military right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that was the conversation I had with my stepdad and my – I had touched base on it with my grandfather right before he passed, but I right. hadn't had a conversation with him. With my stepdad, he was like, that's not the path for you. I support you, but that's not the path for you. And then I couldn't pass the health anyway, so it was a yeah. good point. I think I think that's, that's the love. You know, uh, people, and I'm sure anybody who will listen to it, you know, that it's occupational stress when it comes to law enforcement and the military. Mm-hmm. And that's as much as a loyal patriot we are, we don't want that for our child, the right. stress. Right. Because, you know, I remember as a police officer, barely being able to see my kid. I remember, like, especially I thought it was so ideal to make a detective. When I did ML, you know, being on stakeouts and uh, and stakeouts, you're thinking, oh, wow, that's interesting. Sometimes it was just watching the parking lot, you know, for hours. Mm-hmm. When nothing happened, and then you go home early in the morning, and your your kids are asleep. You're not going to wake them up because they got to go to school. And then so you fall asleep, wake up, they're they're not there. You got to go back, and that demand can be so stressful. I knew the police department wasn't for me. Fortunately, everything happened for a reason. I am mm-hmm. a true believer in that. It happened. And uh, a better opportunity open for me. Not really? not saying I wish I didn't have to leave under those circumstances because you know I actually was convicted and I'm a I'm a felon now and dealing with that is is, is not an easy task. That's in another book that I'm I'm writing 
and almost completed with that. But that's awesome. another conversation. Yes. Our second books are always second conversation because we yeah. might touch base on it to get yeah. the, the reader a little bit intrigued with it, with it, but we don't want to give away. No. But I don't think it's a series. You know, that's everybody's asking me, so you got a series. I'm like, no, no, you know, I, I, I don't really, that, that wasn't my intention. It's not saying it couldn't be in the future, ML, but that right now, eating the forbidden fruit, that's just my story that I want to share with the world, and I hope they, everybody enjoys it. And I'm open to feedback, suggestions constructive criticism and all that. Of course. Being a writer, a first-time author, or anything, we always look to the audience to give us feedback. We cannot grow as a writer unless we get that feedback. And I say this all the time. Guys, we love your reviews. We don't care if it's a negative star review. Seriously. There's no such thing, by the way. But we don't care if you completely trash the book if you read it and give us valid reasons why you didn't like it. Exactly. You know, I, I'm always been, I've always been a, a, a as a business person. Mm-hmm. Business person, just as a human being, I understand if you break things down, it's just really being being open minded. Like I know, like let's just say a country singer might not like it. Hip hop music. Hip hop music may not like jazz music, but it doesn't say that either is right or or, or it's not good. Right. It's just a preference. It's just right. a preference. So if that's your opinion, you know, I always tell people. Uh, I've, luckily, I've been getting more good feedback, and, and I love that, especially being a, a freshman at this. But mm-hmm. but the ones who have said things and nothing harsh. They just give their opinion. I say, like, hey, I respect that. I respect that. That that's your opinion, and I, I understand that. As long as it doesn't get into bullying, and, right? And, yeah. There's a fine line there, right? And I'm glad you touched base on this. Within the world of authoring, there's a fine line between helping authors, being an author, from you know, like me helping you, and another author who is jealous of any success of another author and will bully a new author to make themselves look better. There's been a few authors that have been outed out of the author community as a network because of this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. About two years ago, it was really, really horrible. Last year, it kind of eased up because we started blacklisting authors who had bullying mentalities. That just shows you how it goes in every career. And I see it, too, because I I, I noticed, like, on, like, these platforms, they'll tell you that that's one of the rules. So, hey, if you want to be on this forum, this platform, Mm-hmm. That that's cool. Say your opinion, but no bullying. We don't yep. we don't allow that. Yep. And within the author community, we are here to help other authors. These 
and this includes your mainstream media authors like Ann Bishop, uh, Stephen King. Right. You know, all your mainstreams. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a, I, can I say this? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a Stephen King super freak, man. <laughs> I love Stephen King. Well, I, I just randomly drew a name top of my head. Um, but we are all here to encourage and help the next wave of authors because we're not going to be here forever. Our books will, but we won't. So we want to encourage and teach the next wave of authors to continue the traditions of being a writer. That's so good to, to, to hear you say that, you know. That's how I feel. Yes. Yeah. This is why I have Dove and Dragon Radio, is to encourage readers to connect with authors, but also encourage authors to connect with other authors, either as a mentor, as a friend, or welcome you to our community. Exactly. Exactly. Because you know what? I consider myself now, I do, like I said, like, uh, I'm not going to proclaim that title as an author to me personally that's something I want to earn Mm -hmm. and but I am a reader and that was from almost like like near birth because from comic books to um, Dr. Seuss to National Geographic I'm a National Geographic buff I, I love National Geographic so, so as an artist, I'm a reader, and I love visuals. I love great visuals. That that gets me. And in my book, I put visuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I went through the first couple of pages that are available on Amazon as a preview, and everything there is very visual. It draws you in, but it also helps you connect with your reader. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so glad what, to hear you. Thank you. Yes, when we put things in there, as visuals, it could be a map for the reader, a genealogy of the royal family, if it's, you're reading something with a royal family in it. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes you read um, literature and, you know, they tell you it's the truth, but it may not be the truth and, you know, that's, that's their prerogative. But, but mm-hmm. with me, I wanted to show the reader, like, like okay, I say I'm in the uniform. You get to see me in uniform. You get to see my military ID with, you know, and and I tell you my mother's from Osaka, Japan. You'll see my mother in a kimono. Right. Uh, she's, right there. she's right there on your back cover. Right, right. So you put everything there. You're very upfront and honest with your reader. At the same time, this is still a fiction novel. And let, let me let me explain that, Mel. And the reason I chose fiction mm-hmm. is because I discussed it with my attorney. My attorney, the one that was in the book, mm-hmm. is still currently my attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, There's legal at, repercussions. You have to change names, dates, exactly, and- exactly. There you go, Mel. You know, there's some good people. I just want to, even people who wasn't involved in a crime, just people who moved on with their life, they're married and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't want to rub people the wrong way. Right. Yeah. 
it, we were doing, well, we're still doing my grandmother's uh, biography. We're just making it into changing the names and leaving out some names or last names or how she's related to them because of the legal things. And it's like, it's sad because it's 100% truth, but at the same time, you don't want to include outside drama. Definitely, definitely. You know, the last thing you want to do is slander anybody, and that's what I love about my book. It's about a man just admitting my error mm-hmm. from I my mean, perception. You know, it's no scapegoating, none of that. Right. I mean, we're taking grandma from growing up during the uh, Depression to now. I mean, you, that's 80 years worth of changing you know, from someone that went through the Depression to now. Think about that. And now we're back to hoarding food. Look at it. Look at what's going on now. It's so scary. I'm glad you mentioned that, ML. You know, I have lupus, which is mm-hmm. an autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. And like uh, they said, like I am, my condition is one of the number one cases that will fall to this, you know, pandemic. Yeah. And, and uh, it's scary. It's scary, and that's what has me quarantined right now. And, uh, you know, I'm working on, uh, you know, other books, like you said, that's to talk about in the future. Mm-hmm. And But it's just real scary for me at this time. I never, I had to cancel book tours, you know, locally here in St. Louis, and I was supposed to go to an interview in uh, uh, Chicago, Chicago, one in Seattle, and, you know, all those things got mm-hmm. canceled. So. Yeah. Um, I was supposed to be in Germany back in February. Oh, wow. I yeah. I canceled wow. that real quick. I canceled that in January. I was like, uh, no, I don't like what's going on. I was supposed to be in, let's see, Paris in March, this hmm. a few weeks ago. Right. And I was like, um, no, I don't think so. And no. I can't. I canceled everything back in January. Well, because you know, it's about being being safe. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, I was it's like, just about being safe. Right, and I have a um, immune deficiency. I've had three strokes and brain surgery. Oh wow! Oh wow! So it's, you're a me, blessing just to be here talking. Yes. So yeah. me being here. And being able to help people with my radio show or however else I can help is more important to me than me going and traveling to another country, potentially getting sick, and not being here at all for my family. Yeah. You know, what's true, the, the platform you got can be worldwide anyway. People, and I'm sure people, that's why. You're so demand. You know, I researched you also, and uh, uh, I actually researched you when I first started putting my book together. And I said, like, okay, these are the things I can do for pre-promotion. But, you know, you say that, like, it's running a relay, that that anchor is going to be your strong run, and Mm -hmm. that's why I reached out to you. Well, I'm glad that you did. See, I try to be as accessible to everyone. It doesn't matter if you're a fan or an author or a musician. 
I try to be accessible to you. I do. I saw that when I researched you because you have interviewed established authors, but what's good about you is that you give, like, independent uh, uh, new individuals, artists like myself, opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's important. I mean, yeah, I can go to Penguin Publishing, say, hey, do you want me to interview some of your authors? Sure, but I'd rather interview these struggling artists like Definitely. or the up and coming artists or those are the know. ones that's hungry you know sometimes you know uh, we don't take things for granted cuz you know out the box we're so passionate about what we do exactly you know and we 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 want to prove ourselves exactly and those are the interviews like today that I love doing so i am so so very thankful that you came on my show today and I'm honored that you, you had me, you know. But unfortunately, we're almost out of time. And I've Understand. probably talked your ear off. So no, you didn't. <laughs> but I think for one artist, I can tell that we share a lot of similarities and, and we connected in this interview. You're going to always hear from me. Well, I'm always here to talk. You have my contact information. But talking about contact information, how can the readers find you? Okay, my book is available on Amazon, but uh, for all information, detailed information, you can find me at www.arthurrolandpage.com. That's R-O-L-A-N-D-P-A-G-E. And it has all my social media handles. It has all the purchase updates, um, uh, future intentions for me. You can find everything. Subscribe to my newsletter and everything. Well, there you go. And please remember with, during this pandemic, and this is only till things get straightened out, Amazon is holding off delivery on books. So if you order a paperback right now, do not get mad if it takes eight weeks to get to you. Please is, understand that. Please yeah. Understand. I, I, I want to stress this. This is not the publisher, the author's doing. This is for safety concerns. This is something that's going on. The ebook, however, is available for instant download. You can find me on my page with that with my Kindle. So thank you. Yep, I, I like right now we're in a world very re- weird place to be at as an author because we want to promote our books, but at the same time we want to promote public safety. There you go. I want my readers to know I want to be around for you to read future projects, and I want you around to read my future projects. So let's let's practice safety. So for now, have a nice day, and it was a pleasure speaking with you. You too, ML. Have a nice day, Roland. You too.